today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Every one of us is going through that situation in life, that process of life, that sometimes, man, we see the glory and the wonder of of God, and it's just absolutely overwhelming to us. We're blessed by it. We look and we see the hand and we see the power of Almighty God working and, and moving in our midst. But I also believe that times in our journey, when we wonder, we just have to think, Is this the right way? There are times in the life of a Christian when God's glory radiates bright in our lives. However, there are also seasons of trial and suffering when doubt can threaten to crush our faith. In today's message from the Gospel of Luke, Pastor David encourages us to remember that even spiritual greats like the Apostle Paul and John the Baptist had low moments. Pastor David teaches us that God is strong in our weakness. Just as God is our Lord on the mountaintop, He is also our shepherd in life's valleys. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Still God in Our Chaos. God shows us through the people of His Word all of the bumps, all of the warts, all of the scars, all of these weaknesses of those people that He's called. And then He uses those very weaknesses to bring glory to Himself, just like He told the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm afraid that sometimes we put men like John the Baptist in a position and a place that they're not capable of being. A man that would never have doubt, a man that would never have fear. But John was flesh and blood, just like you and I are. I believe that, yeah, in his life there were times of doubt, there were times of fear. Do you remember in the book of Acts, again, after the Apostle Paul had gone through a lot of, uh, uh, again, uh, pressure and opposition there in Corinth? that the Lord came to him at night in a vision. The words of the Lord to the great apostle Paul says, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. why, Why do you think the Lord told the apostle Paul, Don't be afraid? Do you think it might be that apostle Paul was afraid? He wouldn't say that otherwise. I believe that this great man of the faith, this guy who wrote most of our New Testament, responsible for giving births of of churches all over that area, I believe that he's flesh and blood just like you and I. It's life that fear or doubt would come in just like you and I. 
I think that again, because the, the, the opposition against him was so strong, he needed to be encouraged. And beloved, even the bravest and the most faithful of us all, we need to be encouraged at times. We know why John was in prison. We know why John the Baptist was there in the prison under Herod. He was more than willing to face the consequences of following God, of following God with a whole heart in his life. And you know what? It cost him something. It cost him his personal freedom. Are you willing to follow God with a whole heart, no matter what it costs you, that you would continue to remain faithful to all that God is calling you to, regardless of what takes place in your life, regardless of the opposition that you might face in your life? I sometimes wonder if I'd be willing to follow God that far, to where suddenly it came and said, you deny Christ or I'll kill your wife or do other atrocious things to her. You that have small children, something came into your life. Stop preaching the gospel. No longer share your faith, otherwise this will happen to you or that will happen to you. I, I sometimes wonder what I would do in that situation. Oh, I'd love to be able to come to you this morning and say, hey, I as your pastor, I'll stand firm to the end, yeah, and I'll, I'll be there. But you know what? It, it's never happened to me. I really don't know. I would hope that, yes, I would stay strong in the faith. That I would understand that in the worst of situations, I know now, in the ease and the comfort of preaching from this pulpit, that my God is in charge. Well, what happens when the press is really there? You see, for you and I together, in, in the sunshine, in, in the daylight, it's easy to trust God, isn't it? But when nighttime comes, and silence comes, and that night seems to drag on and on, and on, and the silence is so deep that it's deafening to us. Are we still trusting God? Are we still holding on to the one who we know is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? John had lived his life in separation. He lived his life separate from society, living out in the desert, mostly on his own, surviving off of the land, eating Bee spit and bugs, okay? Honey and locusts. He clothed himself with camel skin. And yet he was fully and totally committed to what and where God was calling him. And now here he is. He's, in best estimates, he's probably 30, 31 years of age. He's only been in ministry for about a year. And I believe that now he sees that he may never get out of prison alive. Uh, that's a difficult situation to be in. You would have to be superhuman to not have situations that cause fear. John is here in prison. John had heard the voice of God declare, this is my beloved son. He had seen and testified that Jesus was the son of God. He had seen the spirit of God descend upon him like a dove. And now he's in a prison cell for doing what he felt the Lord would have him to do. Think this morning, take this end to your own self. Think about your own life. Think about your life now, today. Are there issues coming against you that you wonder where God could be in the midst of this? Whatever the reason for John's question, I think we can look at it and we can realize that we might have those very same questions today in our lives. And if not today, perhaps tomorrow, 
Because, beloved, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You sometimes need reconfirmation that Jesus is who he declared himself to be. Is there a time in your life that things didn't turn out the way you planned for them, the way you had hoped that they would? Do you sometimes wonder if Jesus is enough? Or do you look for another answer to the situations in your life? If we take a look around us, and every one of us is on journey, every one of us, every one of us is going through that situation in life, that process of life, that sometimes, man, we see the glory and the wonder of, of, of God, and it's just absolutely overwhelming to us. We're blessed by it. We look and we're, we see the hand and we see the power of Almighty God working and, and moving in our midst. But I also believe that times in our journey when we wonder, we, we just have to think, is this the right way? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? I know some of your journeys or at least small portions of your journeys. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Some of your journeys are really, really amazingly hard. It's a journey I wouldn't want. Some of you might not want the journey I on. But you know what? Each one of us are there, and there's things that go on in our life that cause us to then bring back in to the reality and the truth, not only of who we are, but the focus and the intent of our life. Are we really going the right way? Is following Jesus in absolute obedience to his word and plan in my life going to turn out well for me? Well, that depends upon your definition of well. How can I know? How can I continue to trust even in those night seasons? Listen to the response that Jesus gives to the disciples to go tell John. Verse 21, he says, At that very hour, Jesus cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, to these disciples of John, Go and tell John the things which you have seen and heard, and the thing, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. First off, we see that Jesus continued doing the things that the Father had directed him to do. He cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. There was this continual, undistracted, supernatural work. Jesus didn't come back with a scolding to John. said, John, you were there when I got baptized. And you're doubting? How dare you doubt? You've seen my hand. You've seen me work miracles. John, you're doubting? That wasn't the response of Jesus to John, was it? Neither is that his response to you and I when fear and doubt come in our lives. He doesn't back off and say, hey, shape up or ship out. He reveals himself again. Jesus simply continued to work the work that the Father had called him to do. And he tells the disciples, go And tell John the things which you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And if that sounds familiar to you, 
That means you've been paying attention because back in Luke chapter 4, remember when Jesus came into his home synagogue there in Nazareth and the keeper of the scrolls gave Jesus the scroll to read that day and Jesus opened up to Isaiah chapter 61 and he read these words that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. All of this was a prophetic declaration of the call and the work of Messiah, the coming one. But he goes on there because it says that Jesus then closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat back down, and while everyone in the synagogue were looking at him, he says that today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus was declaring then, I am the coming one. I am the Messiah. And now here in Luke 7, we find in essence that Jesus is telling the disciples of John, I am the Messiah. I am the coming one. I prove it not by mere words, but by the actions that I do and the miracles that are being performed. Go and tell John the things that you've seen and heard. And then Jesus adds this one other. It's, it's, it's a warning or it's an encouragement. It's a difficult thing. He says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Go tell John what you've seen. And oh yeah, and by the way, blessed is he who's not offended of me. It's an interesting word, offended. It comes from a Greek word, skandalizo. Skandalizo. It has the direct meaning of, of tripping up, of stumbling, and enticing to sin. It also has the meaning of apostasy or falling away and Guess what English word we get out of scandalizo? Scandal. As the meaning of having a wrong conduct or belief that can impede or to trip people's trust and faith. You see, following Jesus can be pretty difficult at times. Beloved, you need to know, following Jesus will not always be your best life now. Sometimes. Actually, I say, and I believe that the Bible is really clear in saying that sometimes following Jesus is the pathway of self-sacrifice, even to the point of dying to self, dying to self daily. But all too often, there's too many that come to Jesus just to get out of a temporary jam, just to fix their earthly problems, just to, to find an external fix to an eternal problem. And you know what, with that kind of a commitment, when the going gets tough, when we start facing persecution, or the answers don't come to us as, as quick as we wanted to, or the way that we think they ought to come, they don't come, it's at that point in time that those with a surface commitment come into scandalizo. Because my commitment to the Lord was only for my own good, for my own ease, my own comfort. And they fall away because they have a wrong belief. Because they're not fully surrendered to the will and the plan of Christ in their life. Now, we don't know what John's reaction was to that message when, when the disciples came back. But this one thing we do know, he didn't fall away. He didn't back off. He didn't stay silent. He continued to speak because we know as he continued to speak, Herod got more and more angry until finally uh, his head was requested and Herod 
took his head off. John was martyred because he continued to speak the truth. He recognized that there was waiting for him this eternal reward in the heavenlies. You sometimes have a hard time believing that the Lord is or will work in your particular situation, whatever that might be. Really and truly that God's going to intercept and come into the middle of this thing and God's going to fix it for us. No, I'm looking for another Messiah. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to deal with that. You see, sometimes we try to be that other Messiah ourselves rather than trusting wholly and completely on Him. You sometimes struggle in the, in the firmness of your faith when you're going through trials, been put in situations that you didn't choose to be in. You're looking for a Redeemer and a Deliverer because you want life at ease. All of us do. None of us choose to suffer. The question is, is are you willing to suffer for the glory of Christ? If you struggle with these things, if you, if you battle with these things, if you, if you continue in questions and, and concern on these things and you don't have the, the firmness and the satisfaction and the knowledge that, no, even in the midst of this, I know that my God reigns. My God is in control. Not that I don't have a doubt, but I, in the process of that doubt, I'm brought back into the reality and the truth. No, God is still God. God is still on His throne. God is still in control of my life. And I rest in Him. If, if you're not there yet, if you've not allowed yourself to be there, let me give you three things as we close. Three areas of encouragement for you to look at when doubt comes, when fear comes, when understanding of what God is doing is facing you, when the, the, the darkness of night or the silence of, of no word from God in your life is hitting you. Three things real quick that will help you in the midst of that. Number one, get back in the book. Get back in the book. And as you get back into the Word of God, see again, hopefully in a, in a fresh way, the very nature of God and the works of His hand. Read it as, as though you're reading it for the first time. Get a different version than what you normally read. Get one of those easy-to-read versions, the ones that we say, hey, don't study in that one, but it's good for you. Get a, get a new living translation. Just read it to where you can get the Word of God in you so you can see and understand and hear what God is working and moving and doing. Get refreshed in your life in God. Read again how that first century church and those apostles, those followers of Jesus and the other disciples, they endured all kinds of great tribulation because that they knew that this world was not their final resting place. Read how through the prophetic word, God works His timetable out. And then He'll bring all things under the feet of Jesus, our great, our victorious King. Get back into the Word. The second thing, get back in or, or, or stay in fellowship. Talk with other believers. Spend your time with other believers. As I said this morning, we look around and there's all these journeys. But you know, there's, there's, there's stories of lives all around you of the faithfulness of God. How God has worked and moved through the hardest, through the darkest, most difficult times of lives. And yet God has seen you through. And somebody needs to hear your story and you need to hear some other stories. How God has worked 
what God is doing. Because some of you are in the midst of something and you need to hear it from the other side. And some of you are on the other side and you need to be an encouragement to those who are in the depth of it right now. Hear and understand that these present trials, they can't be compared to the glory that awaits us. Hear how God can and will use these present struggles not only to glorify himself, but also to allow us to bring encouragement to others. The third thing, first thing, get back in the word. Second thing, get back in or stay in fellowship. The third thing, get back in or begin or stay in prayer. Fall on your face before him. First of all, ask him to reveal to you any sin that may be causing the conflict that you're in right now. Maybe it is choices that you've made in life and you're just dealing with the consequences of those choices. Ask him to reveal. You know what? God will reveal your sin to you. He's, he's real good at that. If we're willing to listen, that's the problem. Fall on your face before him. Ask him to reveal sin. Ask him also to comfort you in the times of trials. Look back at Psalms. In the book of Psalms, we find David Writing over and over and over again. Oh, Lord, the enemy is against me. I'm pressed on every side. Lord, if you don't answer me, I'm going to die. Lord, I'm at the gates of Sheol. If you don't deliver me, I'm not going to be delivered. And on and on. And some of you look at David and you think, wow, you big crybaby. But no, David's honest. He's honest about what's going on in his life. And you and I need to be honest. Say, oh, but pastor, that's a negative confession. No, that's Eastern mysticism thinking. That's truth. When you speak truth, that's not negative confession. That's the reality of it. Father, my marriage is a mess. Lord, my my finances are down the disposal. Lord, my health is worse than it's ever been. Lord, spiritually, I'm dry as a bone. That's not a negative confession. That's just declaring the reality, just as we see David declaring the reality of his life. And David could testify to the reality and the truth that God answered his prayer. And God gave him refreshing. God gave him, though sorrow was all night long, joy came in the morning. David can testify to the fact that our God delivers, that our God is a strong and mighty tower. You see, you can cry out to God. God's shoulders are big enough. And when you're in the darkness, and when you're troubled, when you're filled with sorrow, understand the coming one, the true one, the real one, the hope of Messiah is in Jesus Christ. And God sent forth His Son to be born of a virgin and to die upon a cross and to prepare the way for you and I to enter into eternal relationship with Him in order that whoever would call upon the name of the Lord could and would be saved. The Word tells us that whoever comes to Him, He will in no wise cast out. God desires for us to call upon Him. Oh, He wants our worship. He wants our praise. He wants our adoration, our declaration of who He is. But He also wants honesty in our heart before Him. In order that through that, He can bring healing. He can bring deliverance. And He can bring the totality of the hope that's ours in Christ. 
Learning more about Jesus is the single most important thing we can do as Christians. As we carefully consider how Jesus lived, we see beautiful examples that can apply to our lives. Though the entire Bible is rich with symbols and images that point to Jesus, the Gospels are grand central station for who Jesus is. Join us each day as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. That's TheOpenWord.com. Although The Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.